was a great way to get us started and worship team thank you um, we are called in the passage that we're going to be looking at today to sing to the Lord um, gonna get this out of the way right now this isn't going anywhere um, uh, I'm so thankful that uh, uh, Roger switched with me. I was supposed to preach last Sunday. And um, uh, just over two weeks ago, uh, we found out that uh, uh, my oldest son, Zach, had to take my mom to the hospital. She wasn't doing good. And she just felt off. And so uh, she got admitted on that Friday night. And... Uh, she's suffered from stage five kidney disease and it finally caught up to her. And so uh, she was there from Friday night until Wednesday when uh, hospice uh, drove her by ambulance to our house. And on, uh, from Wednesday until this past Monday, We had the joy of being with her, and um, Shirley, myself, and uh, my brother uh, being with her for her last breath. And um, I had a different message a week ago, but uh, Roger. Let me try to make it through the week of, because uh, of, I said I wanted to preach. I wanted to preach it. And um, I just, finally, I, I realized that uh, in order for me to model for my family uh, what's most important as far as me preaching or uh, me being there for my family, uh, that was the right thing to do. And, and on Friday, uh, I asked Roger if he would still do that, and he was absolutely. So uh, I'm grateful for that leeway. Uh, and as a result of that, um, the Lord took me to a different psalm to share today. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll bear with me as uh, I open it up to you. We're going to be looking at Psalm 30. And Psalm 30, and I've entitled it, Being Thankful... When you're weeping in the night, and uh, um, uh, my uh, kids and my grandkids have all had an opportunity to spend time with my mom before she kind of went out of consciousness. Uh, my brother, Brian, uh, did an incredible job of... Um, carrying the night watch. And so uh, he was staying at our house uh, from you know, 10 o'clock at night until 6, 6.30 in the morning when either Shirley or I would come and relieve him. And then we'd be on. And then he'd go and take care of his things. Uh, one of them was sleeping. <laughs> and then he'd come on back 
and then he took the, the next night. Uh, again, we did the same kind of routine. Um, and uh, a lot of tears were shed, but I'm so thankful that, that my kids were able to uh, interact with her. And, um, you know, it's really weird. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but in this psalm, uh, David asked for prayer for healing. And he, and he got it. And I got to tell you, we were asking for healing of a different kind. Not the physical healing that David received, but the healing that comes with leaving this life and entering into the presence of the Lord, knowing that she would no longer be uh, restrained by her physical body uh, that was filled with arthritis, that was uh, just having 14%, 13% of her kidney function. And uh, so we, uh, I'm going to try to practice what I hope to encourage you to do. Um, when, when you're going through nights or seasons of weeping, and, and that is to remember what this passage tells us is that joy comes in the morning. It may not feel like it. And uh, I know that we just celebrated Thanksgiving. It was really weird to celebrate Thanksgiving without my mom there, without her fixing food or trying to tell me how to carve the turkey or anything else or playing cards afterwards and uh, all the, the joy that was had around the table with uh, all the family. And so um, if you have the Pew Bible in front of you or if you just go on your phone, you know where Psalm 30 is, but in the Pew Bible, I think it's on page 545. Um, at least it was on, on, on the little Bible, not the little uh, ESV. But uh, um, I'm going to do my best uh, of no weeping this morning. But no promises, okay? Um, trying to uh, live out. There may be pain in the night. There's weeping in the, in the evening. But you know... There is joy in the morning. So let me pray. Lord, uh, thank you for uh, giving the opportunity to me to be able to open your word and to um, share uh, some insights that all of us can learn from David. And Lord, more importantly, about you. And, uh, Lord, I, I thank you um, for uh, just welcoming my mom home. And I know there are many here who have experienced the same pain and loss, whether it be uh, their mother or father or grandparents or children or any other loved one. Lord, sometimes it's, it's hard to be thankful in the midst of certain circumstances. But Lord, that's where our faith comes in. And that's where the proof is in the pudding. 
so I pray that as we look at your word, Lord, you bring encouragement, you bring healing, and that you can help us to see you more clearly, not for how you bless us, but because of who you are. So I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, Miles, you got to do me a favor. Whenever I have a Kleenex and I'm about ready to blow, you got to shut me down so it doesn't go through here, okay? So I'm, I'm about to blow, okay? You have no idea how, um, thank you, Miles, how uh, terrifying that can be, wondering if you are looking at everybody with something still hanging in your nose or, uh, you know, it's on video, and uh, oh well, you know what, that's just how it is. Um, This passage, this psalm is a Thanksgiving psalm, and last week, Roger gave a message uh, entitled, The Best Kind of of thanksgiving and and he taught on Psalm 103 and in there you know he shared some points uh, about how to call ourselves onto personal praise and to dwell uh, on the reasons to praise and to join with the angels in praising God and today I want to continue focusing in on being thankful in spite of our circumstances The psalm has a lot to speak into our lives, no matter what we're going through. It definitely has to me this past week. And uh, that's why I switched from Psalm 111, which, man, I love that psalm. But uh, I couldn't get past the fact that I thought God was leading me to share this. In the ESV Study Bible, if any of you own the Study Bible, under its introduction to the Psalms, it says this. The Psalms, as songs, act deeply on the emotions for the good of God's people. It's not natural to trust God in hardship, and yet the Psalms provide a way of doing just that and enable the singers to trust better as a result of singing them. One commentator says the theme of this psalm is praise for God's faithfulness in time of need. Another says it's one of personal thanksgiving for God's repeated care and deliverance over the course of a life. All I know is that God used this psalm to remind me of his care, his protection, his love, And his faithfulness over me, my family, and all of you. I hope he does so for you this morning as well. Psalm 30 is a psalm of thanksgiving for a deliverance from a great sickness. And you know what? Before I go any further, I'm going to read it. A psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the temple. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought me 
or brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Um. He starts off in verse 1, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend time on the superscription before verse 1 that talks about Psalm of David, a song at the dedication of the temple, because, you know, there's, there's too many different thoughts or ideas of, of what dedication this was. Was it at, at the building? Was it at the tent? Was it at Solomon's temple? Was it before the exile? Was it after the exile? And, you know, that's, that's not just where I'm going to go and deal with that. So if you want to find out more about that, I'm going to encourage you, you go and dig in and you do your research, Okay. And you study up on that, but I, I want to get more into uh, the nuts and bolts of, of where this is coming from. And, and um, you know, it, it just, the Talmud says that the Jews recited Psalm 30 during the Hanukkah festival. So there is a purpose for this psalm corporately. All right, um, but it, it wasn't just to be used for that one time for whatever dedication that might have been. So David experienced a terrible sickness that brought him to the edge of his life. That much we know. Verse 1, you have drawn me up or lifted me up. That, that idea is that someone in a well that, that verb that's used, it's, it's like drawing up a bucket of water out of the well. And, you know, it, it's just, um, it, it, it's as if God reached down and pulled him up out of death's pit. When apart from God, there was no hope for him at all. God saved him. choice of verbs uh, set up a contrast between the imagery of God as the exalted one versus his stooping down to draw his servant out of the pit. And there are many, many contrasts found in this passage. 
And, and it's a good thing. Roger was talking about parallelism and how Hebrew poetry and, and how it's written. And, you know, if we can just get a grasp of, you're going to see things that are, are a contrast. And at the same time, they are describing the same thing only in, in different words and in different ways. This is the first of just many we're going to see in this passage. And, and you know what? It's also a, a contrast of my own experience last Monday. You see, where David asked for healing in verse 2, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. Shirley and I, and uh, along with the rest of our family, were praying for the Lord to bring my mom home. Not a physical healing like David experienced here. But we were asking the Lord, Lord, can, can, you, can you call her home? Just can you make sure that she's not in pain and that she gets to experience what she has been waiting for for these last close to 20 years? And that's just to, to be in your presence. And I want you to know something. Uh, you know, I, I learned this a few weeks ago uh, from somebody. Uh, I believe that anything is possible with God. Anything is possible, even healing, stage five kidney failure. God can heal that. But you know what? Doesn't mean that it's likely. just doesn't mean that it's likely. God can do anything. But when we're sober and realistic about what's going on, um, we, we weren't praying for that healing. We were praying that he would call her home and uh, that she wouldn't be in pain. And that's what happens when someone's on hospice. I know of people who have loved ones who've been on hospice, not just for a few weeks or a few months, but for a few years. Some are still living. They've been on hospice three to five years. My mom went on hospice on Wednesday, Monday night. God said, come on home. Come on home. And I think that's her healing that she received. Um, as I said, everyone in the family got to see her. And uh, whether my, my wife or myself, my kids, just hold her hand. And we just told her, you don't have to crawl. You don't have to use your cane. You don't have to use your walker. Mom, just run. Just run to Jesus. Okay? Just do that. Don't hang on for us or anything else. You experience the joy that comes with being with Jesus that all of us still long for and still wait for and still put our hope and our trust in. Uh, get to hold her hand when she left. And I'm just so thankful that, that we could be there. That's not true for, for most of us. 
It wasn't true when my dad passed. It happened so quick, 40 years ago. But uh, David received physical healing. I have a question. Whatever you receive, can you thank God for it? Can you thank God for it? See, it's easy at Thanksgiving, right? Time to be thankful for uh, family, but I know there's a lot of people who are lonely. We're thankful for a roof over our head. But some people, that's been a hard time just to experience having that. We're thankful for the meals that we can share. And for some people, that's, that's not very much. But you know what I, I've found in my experiences that a lot of times the people that don't have much, boy, do they have thankful hearts. I am so humbled by the sincerity and the love and the faith that people show to the Lord. And it's not a front. It's just because their spirit, they recognize who God is. And they are thankful for whatever he has blessed them with. And I got to tell you, um, that always, hasn't always been the case for me. Um, you know, I, I've been selfish. I've wanted more. How come, how come I don't get that, God? You know? And, uh, boy, we, we can learn so much. These next four verses are, are full of contrast. Um, looking in verses 5 and 6 and 7, uh, we see the fact that um, there's anger and favor. And in verse 5, and we also see there's weeping and there's joy and there's a nighttime and a morning and, and God's firmness and, and versus being dismayed in verse 7. It's like, I was, I was dismayed. And, you know, uh, just looking at these contrasts, David goes from individual praise in the first three verses, and then here's something that's interesting. He, he, he then goes to the group or communal praise in verse 4. Verse 4 says, Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. It's like, okay, David wrote this psalm because of healing and, and because of his gratitude. But notice how he then is telling the people to do the same thing. And commentators point out that the significance of his holy name it is, signifies the proclamation of God's acts in the history of redemption associated with the name Yahweh. When you see, O Lord, that, that appears uh, nine different times in this passage. O Lord, that Hebrew word, Jehovah, means the, the existing one. It's the proper name of the one true God. In Psalm 111, verses 2 through 4, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. 
Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. In Psalm 122, verse 4, it says this, To which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In Psalm 145, throughout that entire psalm, but I'm only going to read you verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. The praise of the Lord and the thanks to his holy name arises for two reasons. One, the Lord forgives. The Lord forgives. Verse 5 and 6. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. Verse 6 reveals a haughty, prideful spirit. He was prideful because of his prosperity. I've, I've, I've done that. I own that. Pride gets in the way. Pride says, uh, look what I did. Instead of, man, look what the Lord did. Look what the Lord's doing. Pride says, man, I worked really hard to accomplish this or to achieve this. This reveals to us why God is angry in verse 5. But even in God's anger, it is but for a moment. The Lord has to deal with sin. He cannot be indifferent to it. He judges sin with holy anger. James Montgomery Boyce says this, For God's people, God's judgments and anger are short-lived. They pass quickly. The Lord forgives. I, I, I want to read something to you, and, and I, I might lose it. But uh, uh, Shirley got my mom's journals. And um, I can't tell you how comforting it is for someone who doesn't journal to read someone else's journals as far as the sermons as far as the scriptures that they've read, as far as the insights that they've gained. And uh, I came across this. Um, it was way back when. It was on a sermon of forgiveness. And uh, my, my mom wrote this, important, the story of forgiveness. She even highlighted it. She goes, my husband left me in um, March of 1974. We never got a divorce or obtained a legal separation. He died January 1st, 1979. I hated him more after he died than while he was alive because he left us, me, but mostly because the insurance, what little he had, he left to his girlfriend instead of his son's. I had so much hate in my heart, and it affected me in so many ways 
Mostly I became a sad alcoholic. Now understand something. I prayed about sharing this or not. But I share this to God's glory. To God's glory. Not to rat out my mom. My mom shared her story. She tried to comfort people who struggled in particularly this area with bitterness and with alcoholism. And so I, I think my mom would be proud that I could share her story as personal and private as it is knowing that if just one person in here draws closer to Christ can see the power of forgiveness and what it does I think she'd be smiling at me she says um, I don't think the hate left my heart until I accepted Jesus in my life in late 1988 I see, feel so much lighter my life is happier and I enjoy it praise 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 thank you dear Jesus um, the Lord forgives it doesn't matter what you've done how you act what you think he forgives and I'm so thankful that my mom finally got it. She was in her 70s, but she got it. So it's never too late for anybody to know that the Lord forgives. Just like he forgave David in these verses, and just like he forgave my mom, just like he has forgiven each and every one of you who have given your life to Jesus, who have accepted his grace and his forgiveness, and who have entered into a relationship with him in which you live to please him and not yourself. But not only does the Lord forgive, he also restores he restores so powerfully. The restoration experience is like morning light. I want to read to you Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. The effect of restoration changes their weeping into joy. It's by the favor of the Lord that David and the people were restored. That word favor, it signifies a renewal of love and forgiveness and restoration and blessing. Psalm 106 verse 4 says this, Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them. Isaiah wrote in 49 verse 8, 
Thus says the Lord, in a time of favor, I have answered you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to establish the land. And Isaiah also, in just a few chapters later, in chapter 60, verse 10, says, Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor... I've had mercy on you. David experienced hard times. The Jewish people experienced hard times. You and I experienced hard times. David brought his on himself, some of his hard times. So do we. Listen, um, God forgives but we still deal with consequences of our actions from the past. My mom suffered the consequences of being an alcoholic, and that was kidney failure. God completely forgave her, but there's still consequences that came from that. David experienced that same thing. But you know what? We don't always... Uh, uh, bring these things about. Think of Job. He didn't bring it on himself. But God chose him because he said, have you considered my servant Job, who's righteous and blameless? I think of, I think of martyrs who, they're out sharing the gospel in difficult situations. And they didn't bring anything upon themselves, but God considered them worthy to deal with hard times. Think about Jesus. He didn't do anything wrong, sinful or evil. He just chose to submit himself to his Father's will. People who are ill who get cancer. They didn't choose that. They didn't do anything to earn that or to deserve that. Um, when Henry Ironside's father was dying, he was suffering a great deal. And a friend uh, of Henry, Harry's dad um, visited his father, John. And, and he asked him, you're suffering terribly, aren't you? And, and I, love, I love John's response. He didn't deny it. He says, I'm suffering more than I thought it was possible for anyone to suffer and still live. But, I love this, one sight of his blessed face will make up for it all. John Ironside knew this is temporary. There's weeping in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes being in the presence of God. And you know, and even though my mom couldn't speak the last few days of her physical body, in her physical body, uh, I have a peace and a joy that she can say, one side of his blessed face has made up for it all. 
And that is what it means for joy to come in the morning. I don't know what causes or is causing your weeping at night. I don't know what it is. But I do want you to remember that the Lord forgives and he restores. And so accept his healing. Take care of whatever sin issue is causing you to weep or whatever circumstance is keeping your eyes off of Christ. Experience that joy that comes in the morning. Would you pray with me? Lord God, um, your word is what we cling to because it reveals your love and your character. Lord, we should be thankful and, and have hearts of gratitude to you, not for what you give us, but because of who you are. And because of who you are, you give us eternity. You give us a relationship with the living God. You give us your Holy Spirit to reside in us. So Lord, if there's anyone in here who has not I just accepted your gift, if they're still holding on to something and they just have not given it over to you, I'm talking about for the first time ever. Lord, would you give them the strength to trust you so that they can, can experience seeing your blessed face and knowing that anything that they endure here, that will make it all worthwhile. Lord, we still, we still weep but we don't weep for my mom. We don't weep for our, our loved ones um, who have gone to be in your presence. We just acknowledge we weep for ourselves. And that's okay. And we thank you for giving us the emotions that make up part of who we are. So thank you, Lord for what we can learn from this passage from, from David, from your people. And may we put it into practice in our own lives. In Jesus' name. All God's people say it. Amen.